This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Halloween, everybody. Welcome to NASCAR America. I'm your host. Rutledge Uh-oh. is usually here, but he thought going to Vegas would be a lot better <laughs> than being on this why. show. Anyways, as you see with me is Dale Jarrett and uh, Nate Ryan. Dale Jarrett, we're going to talk about racing. Nate's going to back up all our facts. ideas and opinions with facts and oh, figures. Gosh. <laughs> so we've got to be on yeah. it today. Kelly Stavis is going to be on the show later with us, so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, before we, we, you know, we've heard a lot about uh, Martinsville, everybody's opinion about how, you know, things went down there. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show, but let's go ahead and start talking about Texas as we get closer to that race weekend. Um, that track has had a lot of crazy history. Uh, DJ, you were in the first race in 97. Yes. And um, things didn't go too well. Well, for a lot of people it didn't. It was <laughs> yeah. all right for me. Jeff Burton, it went really good for. But as we can see, I actually think I got the pole because we didn't get to qualify. And so uh, uh, that's one that was my best chance of getting the pole. But, <laughs> yeah. but there was, we had so much rain, and this track was so different. And every, a lot of people crashed going down in. There were still some weepers. And even though, you know, this was a track service that was new, uh, you can see all the carnage down there. And yeah. a lot of people weren't happy. Uh, they, they kept asking us, was the track ready? And I, I, I can remember, even though it's a long time ago, and I can't remember some things that happened last week, but I can remember telling them, I'm not sure if we will get this track ready today, but it's probably as good as, as we can get and really? get ready to go. Yeah, it looked pretty dirty. I remember when that happened and uh, just be, everybody being like, you know, we'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. The NASCAR's usually really buttoned up, and Bruton Smith, those folks, they're always top of the line. This is the first time we ever had the sport kind of make a, have a little bit of a blunder that cost all these teams all these race cars, and they went down in the corner and you saw those guys crash. I remember. Well, yeah. It yeah. was such a big deal. I mean, so much buildup around the race right. and everything and the how track. big this was yeah. with the track. And, you know, here we were for the 500-mile race for the first one there. And so you wanted it to go off. The, the whole weekend hadn't been good because of the amount of rain. I mean, there were tornadoes in the area on, you know, for, uh, Thursday and Friday and stuff. And so uh, people were stuck out in the parking lots because yeah, of all was, of this. Uh, right? They were they, having to they pull had like six-hour traffic jams getting yeah. into place for this inaugural race, which as you said, DJ, $200 million facility, all of this hype coming into it. And then the first corner, you have pretty much a third of the field yeah. eliminated. And then compounded by that was the fact that Eddie Gossage, we know he likes to promote in a unique sort of way. He made the famous or maybe infamous yeah. shut up and drive t-shirts, mm-hmm. which he arrived to in 1998 yeah. uh, for the next race when there was another series of crashes in 98 yes. and more weepers. And I think that led to the track eventually making some changes. Yeah. yeah. Then they repaved the racetrack after the, after the second year. Right. Yeah. Not the only repaved, but yeah, the transitions yeah, were even more, it was a difficult racetrack. Uh, it was a great track, but it was like they built the stands and especially like turn four, the, the stands were built and then they built the racetrack. So to make it to where 
everything you could kind of see from those bottom stand, it flattened out so quickly. I mean, you would come off carrying a lot of speed because you had a lot of grip, but it flattened out so quickly, it would just throw you to the wall and you yeah. were out of control. And then turn one has always been uh, one of the most interesting turns there. And I know they've even changed it since I quit driving uh, to, to what it is today. But, you know, there were, it really, you had no marks to, to get in there. And, and it, it was always just difficult to get down into that corner because you didn't pick the banking up until you were down in the corner quite a bit. And then turn two also flattened out yeah, very quick. Coming off, of, I know that. It, it's, the, it's the only mile and a half that's like that. The banking leaves before the corner's over with. Yes. So you're still turning as the corner's kind of flattening out onto the straightaway. And we always end up chasing the race car out to the wall. And you yeah. see guys getting the fence real easy off of turn yeah. two, but just because they lose the whole front of the race car or the back of the car. And this, it's still the same off of, off of turn four. Um, interesting to hear that's the reason. Well, I'd always wondered why that transition yeah. was like that. But now that you're telling us it was because the grandstands were the first thing built yeah. before yeah, the track was built. Yeah, makes a lot of built. sense, actually. Yeah. They worried like, about the people outside well, rather sure. than the ones driving the well, cars. You usually build, <laughs> you usually build yeah. the track, then put the grandstands right. in there. Or not. But uh, last spring, we had a really, really good race. One interesting thing about this is uh, this was one of the first races that we mock broadcast. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, down in Charlotte, me, Burton, Steve LaTarte, Rick Allen got together in a booth and using the feed from the race, we broadcast the race mm -hmm. and I, you know, to get me kind of up to speed. And we had a lot of fun uh, broadcasting that. Got to see a great finish between Kyle Busch and uh, Kevin Harvick. I thought yeah. it was an amazing race. Really treacherous, though. They changed the right side tire. That'll be interesting to mm -hmm. see exactly how that works out. Here's some of the great racing that we saw that day in April. Um, we had some crashes there. Uh, the tracks seemed to age but the the tire hadn't changed a lot and it's a very yeah. hard tire and there's some cold temperatures and that made it really really edgy and uh so they changed the right side tire there's some great footage right here we could see the 18 car moving around a lot um through the broadcast and yeah. i think those roof cams will be pretty important this weekend as we go back to see yeah. how those guys are kind of chasing their cars around well yeah. i think what's interesting is they repaved it again after the 2016 season because they had such a problem with drainage and they couldn't mm -hmm. drive the track over a four-hour period so they had to repave it but you've talked about this dale it's always been a bumpy track it's yeah. always had those really unique character bumps to it i think they left in some of those bumps and they also changed one and two in a way that they widened it but they made yeah. it flatter because they wanted to have both ends of the racetrack be different and thus be more challenging where you can't set up your car the same way to get around it yeah build the, another darlington basically basically yeah, or, yeah. yeah. i was really way. uh that was the first time i think i'd ever heard a track president say we left the bumps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. they spent millions of dollars in yeah. paving this racetrack, but we're going to leave the bumps in yeah. there. And that was, I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty uh, risky, gutsy, mm -hmm. you know, to leave the character in the track and risk wasting all these millions of dollars to repave this racetrack uh, if it didn't work. Yeah. Right. Could you imagine if, if, if a paving company would go in there and not do a very good job that, you know, you'd say, well, that's terrible. There's bumps everywhere around here. Yeah. And then they were asking uh, the people to, to actually do this. But the one thing that I've seen is the track really hasn't widened back out. So I hopefully this new right side tire right. will maybe get some of that to where they can get it. Because that was one of the things after a number of years and, and, you know, this became a really good track, a fun track as a driver, I think, because of the challenges that it presented. But once it really widened out and, and gave you options, I, I think that it became even a better racetrack and a better show for the fans. Yeah. I remember running there uh, after the reconfigure on the first, you know, the first race on the new asphalt. And 
it's it started to uh, get a second groove as the race went on. So on restarts, mm-hmm. that outside wasn't really the worst place to be. If you were brave enough and you dropped that track bar with that adjuster, uh, you could really fly around the top. And yeah. three and four still the same. Uh, three and four is actually pretty wide. One and two, not so wide. But, man, you could really make up some time up there. And I wouldn't say you can go up there and make passes in mm-hmm. the race. But on restarts, that outside line is not too tra- treacherous. You, we were talking earlier today. You thought you had pretty good reasoning why they reconfigured turn one and two. Yeah, I just think they wanted to make it more difficult. And I think that Gossage and his staff were cognizant of the fact that when you look at the repave narrative, unfortunately, the last 10 years, whenever a track re- repaves, I mean, I hate to say it, but Charlotte Motor Speedway maybe being the most blatant example, you're 12 years past that track being repaved, and it's still, for the most part, single groove, and you can go lightning quick around it, and yeah. you just you don't get that side-by-side action. And I think they were hoping to build in some of the difficulty, some of the character that you're talking about, Dale, to ensure that you would still have a lot of passing and, you know, frankly, I think a lot of crashes. And I think there were actually quite a few uh, wrecks that they had uh, in the race back in April uh, that, that Kyle won. I think, like like you talked about, when guys stepped out, um, you're in the wall. And yeah. obviously that's not good for drivers, but oftentimes we, we see this, I think, What's good for drivers isn't necessarily always good for fans, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So yeah. I think the more you know, challenging and difficult they can make the track, I think the better job they feel they've done. Yeah, we saw some right front tire issues in the in the race in April, and I think the right side tire change for uh, for this race is going to help help the drivers avoid those issues. You definitely don't want to see what we saw with Larson getting in the wall there, and yeah. I think Truex had an issue too off of turn mm-hmm. four. Um, what do you think we're going to see as far as competition? Uh, the 18, the four were the class of the field, the, the race earlier this year. Yeah. You think that those guys are the ones to beat going back? I think, you know, it's really interesting that the interview that Adam Stevens did with Kelly Stavis yesterday where I, I thought it was interesting that he said that they were more focused maybe on points in the first two rounds. And when she asked about, hey, there's only been one win so far by the big three through the first seven races, you know, why, why is that? And I think it's interesting to me the way he sort of said, we're really looking to see what people bring at Texas. So I, I think Harvick, Truex, Kyle Busch, yeah. especially Kyle having one there in April, those are your favorites. And I think we're going to see a lot more speed. I mean, those cars are already super fast to begin with, but I think you're going to see the best of the best this weekend. Yeah. yeah it's going to be interesting because it was such a long time ago, April. Yeah. Right? You yeah. Know, the, so much has changed. Yeah. A lot's evolved since then. They know more about, you know, what they're dealing with, uh, with the changes that were made uh, from last year to this year. I think the other thing is, is that I, I really believe Truex is going to be somebody they're going to have to deal with this weekend uh, for a couple of reasons. I, I'm highly motivated, no doubt, uh, after this past weekend, uh, but you know, they, they have to understand their position, and, and uh, I think those three cars, as you said, Nate, will be uh, ones that you look at that they're going to be fast. Uh, do that. I think it comes down to, you know, who does the best job of not making any mistakes. I'm interested in both of your guys' opinions on if one of the big three doesn't win, mm-hmm. and if one of the guys below the cut line does, yeah. what kind of pressure is that going to put on Harvick, Bush, and Truex? Not even uh-huh. for Phoenix, but maybe even during the race at Texas, if they know, hey, suddenly— only two of us are going to advance to the championship. Yeah, that's, yeah, all of a sudden, it's not the big three we're talking about in Homestead, yeah. Miami uh, anymore because one of them would be on the outside looking in. So uh, then it becomes, uh, obviously, uh, a point situation. You know, if Kyle Busch happens to run second, he's going to come close to, to locking himself in as far as that goes. Uh, yeah. a, a possibility there uh, in going to Phoenix. So then, you know, that puts you in a kind of a win situation uh, going to Phoenix and 
who better than Harvick to go to Phoenix with a must-win situation? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think if uh, someone outside of the big three wins this weekend, uh, Chase Elliott or um, uh, Eric or, or Kurt Busch, Boyer, yeah. uh, I think that that puts the pressure on Truex. Because we've seen uh, Harvick go to Phoenix, and he's automatic. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's so automatic there that, that that would really put the pressure. I think Bush points his way in. And then Truex is the odd man out. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Harvick has shown before, Dover, another example. When, when it's win and you're in, he yeah. seems to guy, be the guy who can elevate yeah. best. Yeah, yeah. No matter where the start-finish line is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. But coming up, we reveal two of the new members of this year's Pit Crew All-Stars. Don't go away. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. I feel like as a kid, I was always some kind of race car driver or something. I was gonna dress up as Ryan Blaney at some point. I feel like that'd be an upgrade, so I'm gonna give that a shot. I had a Halloween party in my house, and um, I was Woody from Toy Story, and uh, my roommate was Buzz, so I thought that was pretty funny. I had Andy written on the bottom of my boot, too, which was uh, just a great touch. It's great. I was Kid Rock, had the hat, the hair, no shirt and a fur vest. It's probably my favorite one of all time. <laughs> Boy, that's pretty good. <laughs> that is good. I bet, I bet there's some good ones from this Halloween. I've already seen some stuff on social oh, media. Yeah? yeah, I think we got a picture of Blaney from last night coming down, coming later in the show. But good. You see, we got Kelly's joined us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's that time of year where we start to celebrate the Pit Crew All-Stars. We got a couple great guys to talk about today. And first, I got to say hi to Rutledge, who is in my hometown yeah. of Las yeah. Vegas. <laughs> so we kind of did a swap, and I wore plaid in his honor. Uh, but I see that I am in, in good company. But yeah, it's cool. Obviously, uh, being on Pit Road weekend, week out, I get to see firsthand the work of of these pit crews, and it's time to introduce our two pit crew all-stars for this week. First up, Greg Powell, the tire carrier for Ryan Newman. And along with going over the wall, he also comes up with the workouts for all the pit crews at Richard Childress Racing. And then our other all-star for this week is gonna be TJ Semke. He's the jackman for Chase Elliott. And TJ recently earned a career highlight when he and the nine team won the playoff race at Kansas which is his home track. Okay, both these guys look like they stepped just off a football field to do this, and that's because they have. They both played college football, both Craig and TJ did. They've also had some pretty wild jobs, guys. Okay, Greg is the cousin of Travis Pastrana, of course, the extreme sports uh -huh. athlete. He was even a part of Nitro Circus with Pastrana. And then there's TJ, who I got to meet yesterday, who worked part-time as a bounty hunter literally jumping over trees and fences to chase down fugitives. Obviously, both these guys have a lot of stories to tell, and I can vouch for that. Uh, bounty Hunter, he had some stories he could not share with us <laughs> yesterday, but here's some of it. Every summer, we got to go back and visit Grandma's house. Uh, Travis lived next door to Grandma, and we would get into trouble. We, it wasn't really trouble. It was just us finding a way to show off to our uncles and uh, brag a little bit and uh, you know just doing what young young boys do um, we were constantly jumping bicycles and he would try to teach me how to ride a dirt bike and you know we'd jump off of bridges into the water and trampoline tricks and and the like <laughs> 
My first time um, bounty hunting was probably the best story for me. Um, I've been begging my mom's boyfriend, who is the bail bondsman, who takes me out a lot. I was begging him, please take me with you. I really want to go. You know, I, I'd be good at it. And so he took me. He's like, okay, you probably just hold a flashlight and just kind of see how it goes down. Well, we went to a house, and they were trying to kick down a door because they knew the guy was inside. Well, they, they couldn't kick it down, so excuse me, I'll, let me take care of that. So I, I kicked down the door. Uh, we were looking for the house, trying to find this guy, and uh, I heard something upstairs, found kind of a secret staircase upstairs, and this guy was trying to get out of a window um, in a house to get on the roof, and um, instincts just kicked in. I wrestled him down, uh, handcuffed him, and, and from then on, I was kind of my, uh, my mom's boyfriend's go-to guy for, for bounty hunting. <laughs> We're kicking the doors out. Hey, how would you like to be the grandparents, by the way, of Greg Pal and Travis Pastrana? I mean, you just you think there'd be how many trips to the ER when yeah, they come exactly. over to, to play? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, th I'm thinking their their idea of a fun Saturday afternoon might be a little different than most, uh, and yeah. what kind of gets them excited. Yeah, they I weren't just, just like pulling the legs off of little insects. They were. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen. I've heard of a lot of ways to get into NASCAR racing, but bounty hunting was not yeah. one of the no. yeah. one of the avenues that I've heard before. I also yeah. love the line: "Just hold this flashlight. We'll see what goes down." Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that would sell me on getting into bounty hunting. So. Yeah, it and is. Kind of, wait, watch this. I, I got yeah, the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, though, how these, and we've already been back in the 90s talking about the Texas Motor Speedway, so we'll go back uh, again to the 80s and 90s with the pit crews and what they were. You know, those were just took the guys that were in your race shop working, and you took the ones that could somewhat change a tire or, or jack the car. And now we have these incredible athletes with great stories behind them uh, doing all of this now and uh, just amazing what they do and where they come from. Yeah, I remember the variation in, in the quality and time it took to do a pit stop was pretty wide throughout yeah. the, uh, throughout a race. You, you'd have pit stops all over the board. And, and uh, now the guys are competing for tenths of a second mm -hmm. and doing that consistently. Like the, the ability for, for those guys to practice as much as they do, go out there, on the race weekend and do all their pit stops in one second bracket is so impressive. Yeah. And yeah. you know, with the real, with the pit, uh, the, the rule changes in the pits with the guns and so forth, what they've chopped off of that from the start of the yeah. season to yeah. get back to really what the pit stop speed was right. from last year. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And guys doing double duty, yeah. Jackman right. slash tire care, right. whatever. I mean, yeah. it's They're impressive. being a second and third string, like guys that are interchangeable. You see these, you know, we get, you know, there's second string players down in Xfinity series right. that get kind of pulled up or right. kind of like a guy getting pulled out of the minor leagues into the majors. Yeah. It's crazy what uh, what the teams are putting in, investing into those pits. To, in and, and I love the human element of it. It's not as quite as, as clean and flashy as an F1 stop. And I love all the choreography <laughs> and, and kind of chaos, uh, controlled chaos that takes place. By the way, a lot of great characters that we have on Pit Road as well. And they are in full effect today for <laughs> Halloween. Definitely having a lot of fun. <laughs> These are the guys from Bubba Wallace's team, the 43 boys dressed up there. I'm not even sure I can identify all those characters. So if you guys can, yeah, uh, wow, that's Jason. On Jason, the right? yeah. yeah, Jason. Yeah. Um, it goes from like scary to <laughs> to kind of weird. To weird. There's a golfer. <laughs> Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood yeah. There's a golfer. And I, the other guy may be on that uh, moonshine show. I'm not real sure. Yeah. What? All right. Well, they weren't. They weren't the only ones. Austin Dillon's pit crew. Awesome. <laughs> this. You have to see this video. I am like dying <laughs> laughing. <laughs> By the way, these guys love WWE. They love these wrestlers. So it's no surprise that they've got one there. <laughs>
Is that Beetlejuice on the tire too? And look, even in those costumes, they're still they getting still it done. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that um, Pokey from Gumby, or is that? I like. I That's just... pretty impressive. These are professional athletes, by the way. Professional athletes. I think if they wear those during the race and do those stops, they should get, like gain extra positions. Sort of <laughs> doing this yeah, you get. Yeah. This is my favorite thing I've seen yet today. <laughs> I hope they had I hope they had a, a stopwatch going on those guys to compare the time. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they did. Well, oh, that's really good. <laughs> everybody was talking about Sunday's finish with Martin Truex and Joe Logano, but it wasn't always like that. When we come back, we'll talk about what's changed from then to now. broadcast of the finish of the race and uh, want to get right to the, the fan reaction to that. The fan reaction to that was pretty impressive. We got some of the tweets. <laughs> Let's see. Fair move by Joe Logano. This is Sue. This is not racing. Needle point. Oh, this this is racing, not needle point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's right. Yeah. And Todd, M. Martin Tricks is going to turn old sliced bread into burnt toast before this one is over. <laughs> Believe it. I don't know. Yeah. I think he needs yeah, he, yeah, I don't know. He can't he be doing anything the next couple of races. He's right. got to get That's what I was going to say. Miami I first. think he needs to focus on and I think he will. I think yeah, he, sure. I think he'll smarten up and think, "Man, I need to focus on getting to uh getting homestead." There's another couple tweets. Pretty funny what the fans yeah. had to say and how they looked at it. Chris Bell, oh, the I more I think wild. about it, the more angry I get. Trex literally raced inside the 22, lap after lap and stayed off of him, passed him clean and the last lap he gets ran into the back and moved. And he's got the angry faces. And then Carl Larson says, hashtag stock car racing, I roll. <laughs> I guess that's the dirt track racing perspective. I yeah. guess if you grew up on dirt racing open wheel, that's not really your style. And then Lynette, oh. I like Martin because he reminds me of Jimmy. Would probably cl- claim both as my sons. Hmm. Interesting. Nice, guys. I, yeah. You know, I, I right. never compared yeah. Martin to Jimmy. No. No. Mm-hmm. And Styles? No, yeah. I guess not. But they're both, I think, because their demeanors, like from what a fan sees, are just both really mild-mannered and yeah, right. typically and, and polite. And Laura, she gets it. OMG, please don't put Jimmy and Truex in the same category or even sentence. <laughs> Jimmy is not a winner like Truex. Whiner. A whiner. And Jimmy is a class act, and I can say, can't say the same about Truex. Oh, dear. Oh. So that was one thing that interested, interested me was the fan reaction to Martin's post-race uh, interview, which I thought yeah. was great. Uh, shout out to Parker Klingerman for pulling that out of Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it made, by the way, it made for some great meme or yeah, yeah, so whatever you did yeah. on uh-huh. the next day. But yeah. I thought Martin sounded not like a whiner. I mean, I've yeah. listened no. to it, and yeah. and I'm trying to take my bias out of it because me and Tricks are great friends. But I got a lot of friends on the racetrack, and I didn't think that he sounded like he's whining to me. I thought he was just like, I'm going to win this championship. He ain't gonna win it. No, I mean you can't blame the guy for being upset. I didn't think that he was whining about it. You know, 
was he upset about getting knocked out of the way in the last corner? Yeah, but you expect everyone. But I didn't really think that he was whining about that at, at all. So that surprised me whenever I uh, learned yeah. uh, that, that fans felt like he was a whiner. I think, I think Denny Hamlin said it well after the race. He said, you know, who was wrong, who was right, was it a dirty move? Denny said, I think your perspective depends on who your favorite driver is. Sure. And I think we saw it through those tw- tweets right there where they're just such opposite ends of the spectrum of the same event. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't think Truex was whining at all. I think he has a legitimate gripe. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that what Logano did was necessarily wrong. I mean, when it's for all the marbles and a trip to the championship, you have to do what you got to do. But if you're Truex, who has raced him clean for five or six laps. Yeah. And the, I thought well, it was all a different. great interview that set up the rest of the races, that set sure. us up for like, hey, okay, yeah. I'm going to watch this. You know, I'm yeah. going to see what Truex does if he does anything. Yeah. So, but, you know, we're all different. That, that's what makes it so great that, that we're all not the same and willing to do things in the same way. You know, not everybody's willing to do that bump and run. You try to, to make a pass and, and do it that way. So, you know, we, we wouldn't want everybody to be the same and, and make that happen. I've just always found it so entertaining and interesting uh, that race drivers are treated differently in the ones that were able to get by with doing stuff like sure. this. And they stand up, your, your dad comes to mind. Absolutely. That most of the time, whenever he was knocking us out of the way, people were standing up cheering and hollering about <laughs> it for the most part. And you let, you know, myself or, or Rusty or, or Gordon or uh, you go back to that, that they would, you'd get booed you know, if you did something like that. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. There's, it depends on who's doing it, what driver's moving who. And if the fans feel like it's deserving or not, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna take mm-hmm. take take to, take whatever side. I asked Joey about that. I said, "Do you feel?" And I talked to him on Monday. I said, "Do you feel like you're you're held to a double standard?" And he said, "Absolutely. There are so many drivers that could have done that same move." And the only one I'll name is he goes, "I bet if Chase Elliott did that move, everyone would have stood up and cheered and said, good for him for doing what he needed to do to get to Homestead.'" That moment, though, of those fans booing and that short track environment is one of three moments that really stands out for me being in the infield um, of where just you feel the energy of the entire place around you. And when they were booing and Joey said, it is so weird to stand there in the middle of the stadium where everyone hates you and you can feel the booze. And it's funny because, again, Joey's such a nice, even tempered guy when you when you talk to him off the racetrack and, and he's. He could feel the booze. He was off doing the interview with Marty, the burnout interview. There's no fans around in that corner of, of the track where they stopped his car, but they're coming from yeah. all other three turns around him, and and he could feel it. The only other the only other time we saw that kind of energy at the racetrack after the finish was Martinsville one year ago. Yeah, one year, right? Right. So, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Dale Jarrett. This is a this is something that I think I saw a lot when I was younger, even mm-hmm. when I was a kid going to the races. This is something that I felt like was happening once a month. Yeah. Um, do you feel the same way? You were racing in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, has that changed? Has that uh, the, the consistency of those type of finishes, mm-hmm. has that slowed down somewhat? Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's a, and a number of factors in my opinion are that, uh, first off, we don't have as many short tracks. So speeds allow you to do things like that. Yeah. You know, running at the slower speeds, you can do that. You can't go to Texas this weekend, and if you run into the back of somebody, they're going to crash hard. Good chance you might crash uh, in, in a situation like that. So, even, you know, and I say short tracks, even places like Rockingham, you had things like that happening. So as the speeds get lower, you have those opportunities to make moments and have moments. And quite honestly, that's what this sport was built on. You know, it was built on people like your dad and Daryl 
Waltrip and Kel Yarborough and, and a whole list of people. Richard Petty's not, uh, you, you can't leave him out of that because he moved pl plenty of people out of the way and went in 200 races. So yeah. my dad did his share whenever it, you had to do that. But Gentleman I think Ned that, moved people? Is that what you're saying? As David Pearson said, he did it on the back stretch, not the front Nobody stretch. Could see. Nobody <laughs> could see. They couldn't see it back then. So. But I think the other side of it is, is social media now. I mean, there, you know, Joey Logano was getting ripped apart before yeah. he was coming back around to do his burnouts. Mm -hmm. In the old days, I say the old days, 80s and 90s as we put it, and those were, that was a long time ago, if people got mad at you and were upset at what you did, they had to sit down and write you, physically write you a letter, <laughs> you know, that you may or may not see. Right. But now, you know, and so I think drivers are cognizant of that fact that they're going to get ripped apart. So they're a, a little more concerned about situations like that. And they seem to get a little more bent out of shape about things like yep. Nobody likes to be that one getting yep. moved out of the way, but it, it has been the part of the sport a long I, time. I think the reason for that, the culture, in, in using that bumper has changed so much because we run at the faster racetracks where yeah. it's dangerous to do sure. that. Yeah. And the driver, there's an unspoken sort of agreement with the drivers that, man, you don't don't run into me and put me in the fence at, at Texas. Mm -hmm. you know. And, and we go to so many mile and a half that the culture's changed in what rough driving is and where it's you know permitted and where it isn't. And so I think when it happens, it's such a rare situation that a lot of guys think, you know, man, that, that was wrong. You did me yeah. wrong. Yeah. But you're right, man. Back in the 80s and 90s, that was every week. You knew that was coming. Yeah. And so was there more of a driver's code? Because Joey told me the driver's code or whatever is clear as mud. Yeah. But back then, <laughs> did you know? Well, I would go back to, to the clip we ran a week ago on this show on Wednesday. It was the 87 Martinsville race, and you had Terry Labonte, Dale Earnhardt, mm -hmm. Daryl Waltrip, all jostling for position. Yeah. And Bonnie and Earnhardt actually ran into each other, and then they interviewed them after the race, and it's just like, eh. It was yeah. just like this nonchalance of, eh, you know, we'll probably Worked run out for Daryl. Yeah, yeah. Going with the next one. He won when we got together, but, you know, eh, yeah. racing. But there was going to be another short track soon that all of that could right. change around, you know, and you knew it. And you accepted that. that again, that was part of it. I mean, everybody grew up racing so much more on the short tracks, and, and that was just something that you came to expect, something you had to do uh, if you were going to be a winner. Yeah, well, we all... Hope we get more short tracks. I think <laughs> I think that's all. Would be a bad thing. Yeah, that's obviously uh, what we're seeing here at Martinsville. We need more of that. But when we come back, it'll be time to fire up the VCR. What vintage race is going to be on today? I think Nate knows. We'll find out next. <laughs> NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. I remember some Halloween costumes when I was young. My mom was really good at painting our faces and, and doing us up. We did the Grim Reaper for quite a few years, and my younger brother Jarrett and I would walk as Reapers to the school and win the costume contest. With our kids now, you know, Shane and I just let them kind of pick, and they plan it out, and they're ready, and we allow them to kind of pick what mom and dad are going to be. And we, uh, we, we've had some good ones over the last couple of years, and uh, this Halloween's going to be another fun one. When we sat down here for this show, there was a big bucket of candy right here, and uh, we were talking about whether this was good candy or not. And looking in this bucket, there's some pretty good candy in here, but there's also really good. some Almond Joy, which begs the question, Nate. That's good candy. Is Almond Joy good candy? That is legit good candy. So if that's you would give this candy. to a 10 or 12-year-old yes. if you knocked on your door and yeah. expect him to be happy? That's not like the old-school, like, five-cent <laughs> tappies that you give this out. This, to me, is like adult candy, not Halloween kids' candy. 
Now, really? Reese's Cups. So I can have that one? Yes, you can I, have all of the <laughs> Almond Joys. Okay, good. For I was wondering yeah. where I was going to get my <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got, uh, this is a good segment uh, that we just started uh, running over the last couple of weeks. It's uh, what's in the VCR, and I either bring a tape or Nate brings a tape, and it, we kind of surprise each other with what's on it. Nate brought a tape this week, so Nate. I did. What do we so, got? We're going to go back to a time, right around the time VCRs were being phased out of existence, actually. <laughs> uh, June of uh, June 19th, 2000, Pocono Raceway. Because it's kind of been in the news this week, bump and run, we thought we'd talk about the time that the bump and run master, got Dale bumped. Earnhardt, mm. got bumped. And this is not a short track. This is a two-and-a-half-mile mm. super speedway where he apparently went a little bit too slow for Jeremy Mayfield's liking through this corner right here. Is that the tunnel or was yeah, it turn, no, that's turn, turn three? three. Turn there, three. Yeah. Off turn three. Jeremy he made Mason up a lot of time. And look at you, later. DJ. Yeah, yeah, didn't, look who yeah, I was hoping there might be a little more contact there. I saw <laughs> kind of what might happen, but it uh, didn't, didn't quite get enough for me. Here is the bump once again from the uh, overhead camera going in the final turn as Dornhart doesn't quite lose control, but skids up the uh, track a little bit. And now we've also got, uh, I believe... Hey, no tire marks. You didn't yeah, hit no any tire marks. It's, it's all fairs and love and war. I think we've also got the comments of uh, the two principals involved in this incident, Mayfield and Earnhardt. I'll tell you what, to win a race like that and be race, racing Dale Earnhardt, last time I won here was uh, past Earl Walter, and now it was uh, Earnhardt. I didn't have anything for him. You know, he just slowed up a little bit in the tone turn. And I got a run on him and uh, didn't mean to hit him or anything. Just want to, like I said, rattle his cage a little bit. It's a good, you know, just a good card race all day. Uh, we kept working with the car. The two tires there at the end was really the way to go. It really made my car turn better, go, run better off the corner. And, uh, you know, just uh, a good day for us and uh, points and everything. Uh, hey, Bobby and some of the guys had trouble, but we still raced some good. Yeah, that's good commentary there at the end between guys that after yeah. they ran into well, each other. Yeah, he couldn't say much about it. No, <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> that was that was pretty calm in comparison yeah. to what. But it was good, right? But he did. You could tell his car got a little bit. Late. Hey, you know what stood out to me there though? Or your dad's interview was still the where bubble he, the goggles? bubble goggles, yeah. where the indentions in his face. <laughs> from that tight. Story, so that's, yeah, maybe that's why he lost. Um, <laughs> you know that I I was thinking about this exact race this really? week, right? When we were talking about. Uh, well, you know, it depends on who's doing it and who's not doing it. And I always put it back on myself and think about have I ever been guilty of that? Mm -hmm. And I have. And, you know, when Dad would run over guys, uh, which he did, yeah. he would move them out of the race. They would race him clean, just like uh, Truex did to Logano, and Dad would put them out of the way, even not even for the win. That's midway through the race, oh, you know. <laughs> and I would go, yeah, all right, you know, that was awesome. <laughs> Good hard racing. And then it would happen to him in this moment right here. I'm like, that's that's crap. You know, yeah. I was so angry. I was like, nobody does that to dad. You know, that, that's, dad's, <laughs> that's dad's thing. He does that. Nobody does that to him. But, uh, you know, that's young Jeremy uh, Mayfield coming up there. He don't yeah. know the history. You know, yeah. he just looks like there's another race car. But I was just as guilty as everybody else about, you know, kind of being a hypocrite about who's <laughs> depending on who's doing it and who's not doing it. Well, yeah. I feel like the reaction that I remember in the garage that day, I wasn't there, but I remember reading all of the coverage from it. And the sentiment was, I think it was a little bit hard to find sympathy for your dad there, right? because yeah. he had done it so many hundreds, thousands of times he's earlier lucky in his career, did, yeah, right? He's lucky it didn't come back on him more than that. Yeah, and I know a big debate this way, and it's always going to be. It depends on, as I said, who your favorite is and things. But there's one thing I always look at. Did they wreck the person that they hit? I think that's what's totally different. than we go, You talked about last year with Denny and Chase uh, at Martinsville. 
Denny Rick chased. Right. This was just literally moving Martin out of the way. He went on and had a good finish. If he would have spun him out and he finished 20th and then his point total was only plus eight maybe, yeah. I'd, have, I'd have viewed that a lot different. Or the only time I heard Earnhardt get booed, August 1999 at Bristol. I mean, when he wrecked Labonte, he got yeah. booed that night in victory lane. I think, yeah. I think that is the difference. An important distinction is if the guy you bump wrecks or not. Yeah, well, if you got questions about that or anything else, it's time to send them in. Use the hashtag Wednesdale, W-E-D-N-A-S, Dale. We will answer them when we come back. A lot of talk going on these days about who is the greatest ever, about who has the titles, the raw talent, the most clutch moments. I get it. It's a tough call. I mean, even the jersey numbers are the same. But maybe the best way to settle this debate is to play it out head to head. I'll be watching that, too. That oh, looks like it's going to be a great game, yeah. yeah. Sunday Night Football, uh, that begs a question. Is there a duo, you know, much like Brady and Rogers, is there a duo in NASCAR that you guys would like to see come down to maybe three laps? Three laps to go instead of Logano and Truex at Martinsville. Who else would you rather see? My dream matchup, I think, would be Jimmy Johnson versus Dale Earnhardt and with J- Johnson in front. And the reason for that is in 2007, you had that great battle between Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson at Martinsville where – Gordon was hitting Johnson's bumper like hard enough to set off an airbag if it was a passenger car, and he still couldn't get around him. Granted, that was the car tomorrow. It was a lot of different things. The bumpers lined up. But I would love to see Johnson try to hold off the free car in that situation, see if he could do it. I think for me, um, in today's uh, pool of drivers, I would say Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski because those two Mm -hmm. guys really seem to grind each other's gears. And and I think in a situation like that where there's so much on the line, I'd love to see what would happen. I don't care who's out front and who's in in a following car, but I think it would be fireworks. Yeah, and and two guys that I raced with, uh, and I saw them battle a lot, but I'd like to put them in the playoffs in a situation just like Sunday uh, trying to make their way for the championship, and that's Rusty Wallace and your dad, uh, Dale Earnhardt, to see, watch them battle once again, uh, nose to tail, and see, you know, either one of them behind the other would, would be a great finish. Uh, just trying to get to know that they were racing for yeah. another championship. I'd love to challenge my dad to about twenty plate races, <laughs> either Daytona or Talladega. That'd be always a lot of fun. All right, we got our fan questions now, so let's get to those. AJ says, "What was your favorite Halloween candy?" Well, we always already got almond joy off the table. <laughs> Yeah. So I've been told I'm enjoying, by the way, you can't give that out because of nut allergies. So right. oh, okay. T- take back what I said earlier. Uh, I'll probably just go with straight up Hershey's for my favorite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gobstoppers, yeah. man. Gobstoppers. Oh, yeah. mm. M&M's of any shape, kind. Yep. Really? All the M&M's. Peanut or brain. plain? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alfredo says, since it's Halloween, what's your favorite horror movie? I don't watch horror movies. Why not? What about you guys? <laughs> Do you avoid horror movies? The way I watch horror movies is I fast forward through the really scary parts and then I rewind and watch My wife won't even do that. Speed. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to get her to watch Halloween with me. But I, Did yeah. you guys go see It? 
last year? Yeah, she did. That was yeah, a, that she was did. She did her, go huh? see. Yeah, that yeah. was a big deal for her. Yeah, Halloween <laughs> would have been it for me, but not not a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I have a favorite. I, I, um, no, no, no. Um, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre, the original. Oh yeah, uh, was oh. one of my favorites. All right. Yeah, and wow. the second one was good, but it was a bit of a comedy. The second. Yeah. One, yeah. First hmm. one was pretty gory. It was. Like, it was. Like gory. Yeah, there was. Well, I, I think the history and the nostalgia of that movie, the the vintage footage and so forth, just was, the way it was yeah. shot, pretty yeah. old, pretty old school. Um, Amber, what kind of short track would you want more of, Bristol or Martinsville? Well, we got two races at each. I don't know if we need more. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it has to be uh, one or the other. I mean, I think there's all different types of short tracks that are out there that, Agreed. you know, just, you know, I think the main thing is the speeds are anywhere that the speeds are lower. These guys are going to uh, challenge each other. Uh, we're yeah. going to see a few more uh, tires and wheel marks on them and a little more bumping uh, around. And that, that that makes things exciting. I think we want like a hybrid, right? Like, like Dale said, we've got two each at a high bank short track versus a flat short track, maybe something in the middle. Obviously... Iowa Speedway is a little sure. bit longer, but that place would make a lot it's of sense. It's on great races with yeah. the, yeah, the Xfinity guys. Yeah, it has. I think if they paved Bristol, then that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, that was it was so much fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Jeff wants to know what track nickname do you think was used more this season? Oh. Is that even a <laughs> challenge? Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Tricky Triangle, the Roval, or the Paperclip. I think the Roval was. I feel like they about, renamed Charlotte the Roval. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even say Charlotte anymore. I mean, yeah, that the was Roval easy, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, coming up, we'll show you how some of the drivers were celebrating Halloween, and we'll also have our shout outs, so don't go anywhere. I feel like we've done a really good job with Owen, dressing him up for Halloween. The first year he was, you know, just learning how to walk, and I built him a little walker out of a PVC pipe, and we dressed him up, you know, as an old person, and I think he won the costume contest that year. And then the second year, we made him a bull rider. He looked super sweet as a cowboy. He was awesome. Now we have Audrey, so we'll have to figure out something to dress her up as. All right, we got our social pit stop here. A lot of the folks out and about on Halloween. Ricky Stenhouse and his girlfriend, Brittany Long, a Joker and wow. Harley Quinn. Doesn't look like him. Wouldn't have pictured no. Ricky as Jared Leto, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Daniel Suarez is uh, dressed up as Alfalfa. Oh, that's cute. You put in, that's good. He put in some pretty good effort. I wonder how yeah. he's holding up the hair. <laughs> it's a lot of product. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, Ryan Blaney, who is hosting a party at Whiskey River downtown Charlotte. Mm, good yeah, place. Pretty to big do deal. That, yeah. But not surprised. So this guy dressed up as his emotion. I love that. Uh huh. It's a good look. I yeah. love that. He, he Which looks right. a lot more than like Ryan Blaney than emoji. <laughs> what, what is Ryan Blaney dressed up as? That's what I'm curious. I think he was like Beauty and the Beast. I think he was the Beast okay. from uh, Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. I still want to know if Chase Elliott dressed up as Ryan Blaney. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yes. I think we're still need to see if that happened. <laughs> All right, well, we uh, are to the best part of the show for me, and that's the shout-outs. This one in particular, uh, I want to get out there, and that's a shout-out to this little man I saw on the street yesterday. <laughs> me and my wife went downtown in Davidson, and I saw a guy dressed up as me, <laughs> and I shouted at him. I was like, yeah, it's a good Dale Jr. costume, and 
He didn't hear me. I think he was focused on the candy. He's headed toward. A, he's headed to get in a line and uh, uh, go through the whole uh, downtown of Davidson and yeah. go to the businesses and get candy. And I was like, hey, I tried to get his attention, but I was pushing a stroller and it has a speed limit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So if that, if I don't know if the parents or anybody's watching or if we can figure out who the who this little man is, I give him a diecast sign or something like that. It was to him. so close. I know. Yeah. So I feel close. I feel so bad that I didn't get to say hey to him. Uh, but yeah, he was in he was in hot pursuit of yeah. the end of the line to start getting his <laughs> trick or treat on. Was it, was it the almond joy that he like really was? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, if, I, don't know if, I don't know if he's just like me. He's not an almond joy fan. <laughs> so Nate. Shoutouts. Uh, mine would go to Texas Motor Speedway for doing another excellent job of capitalizing on the previous week's race using the Martin Truex Jr. Joey Logano feud to promote their race. I think a lot of times tracks kind of miss this opportunity to build on these moments, and Texas rarely does. Again, Ever. Eddie Gossage, a big part of that. Last year he did it with Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin. Yeah. This year, Logano and Truex. So shout out to uh, Texas for staying old school on the promotion. Yeah, not that he needs any help in right. promoting anything. Sure. But it always seems that they get something, you know, yeah. that, that helps them a little bit more and stuff. I'm going to stay down in Texas, too, that mine's going to be Carl Edwards is going to be at the racetrack this weekend. Not driving. But he's going to be inducted into the Texas Motor Speedway uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, Well-deserved, uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, he's got four wins there and uh, just has always done a great job. But it's going to be great to see Carl yeah. back at the racetrack. In the garage, I, I saw his PR guy at uh, JGR the other day. He said he has, even though he was at the race at Atlanta like um, nearly two years ago now, he didn't mm -hmm. go to the garage. This is going to be the first time he's really going to go be back around all of his, his peers. Yeah, former peers, looking so forward to cool. that. Yeah. yeah, I've actually... Uh, had some you know text messages with him back and forth over maybe you know the last twelve months, just a couple times, just to yeah. check yeah. in and see what he's doing. And he's he says he's having a great time. He's traveling a lot, huh. so uh, going overseas and just seeing different parts of the country. And retirement, good. So it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll have a lot of questions for him when he's there this weekend to mm -hmm. see, see yeah. what his adventures take him next. Yeah, I, yeah. I think. Everybody thought he'd be back. <laughs> I mean, sure. in the and the fandom and a lot in the media, I think, speculated that surely he will find his way back. And now, almost two years later, I don't see him ever coming back yeah. at this point. Well, Kelly, do you got a shout out? All right. Well, I'm I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball and stick with Texas and Eddie Gossage and his culinary team at Texas Motor Speedway, <laughs> who always come up with something completely ridiculous <laughs> to throw my diet off plan. And this year, it's the Tater Nader. Uh, oh. Which is, I need the details. It's something to do with a pound and a half of meat. And what is that? Stuffed inside a baked potato. I see, mm. it looks like onion rings, on yeah. bacon gravy, jalapeno mac and cheese. Amazing. Oh my yeah. gosh, $12 and 12,000 calories and the Taternator <laughs> yeah. can be yours. Oh. You wouldn't need to eat for the rest of the week. Yeah, no, no. pretty much. I heard but someone it, say it, it comes with a free bypass surgery. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say, if you make it a week, gosh. Maybe he'll have it at our brunch uh, Friday morning. We all get to have a That's brunch. That's right. Yeah. Eddie, yeah, we're supposed to. Yeah, they can have sure, one for I'm everybody sure there. there. Yeah. That and Slurpees, because I heard they built a 7-Eleven in the infield at Texas Motor Speedway. I can't wait to go you know, shop. Mm. At 7-Eleven. <laughs> so maybe buy some Almond Joy. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Anyways, thanks for joining us today on NASCAR America. We had a lot of fun. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Be safe and get all the candy. We'll see you soon. <laughs> you got yours.
this Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.